0: On this episode of the Ask Worship Sound Guy podcast, we're doing a rapid-fire Q&A with me, Johnny from Worship Sound Guy, and the other co-founder of Worship Sound Guy, Matt Borsick. One of the recent things I've been doing lately is actually doing like a parallel vocal group. Nice. Which, um, yeah, it's something I hadn't experimented with before because like, I was always like pretty happy with my vocal sound and I didn't necessarily feel like I was lacking anything, but then I tried doing a parallel group where I'm basically, um, I've got the, the Wade CLA-76 plug-in just smashing it a whole bunch. And yeah. it, like, it sounds like really crazy on its own. When you mix it back in, it just makes the vocal sound humongous. All right, before we jump into the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to all of you guys who share the podcast and rate and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now. It really means a lot to us and it helps other people find the podcast. So you guys know that I read every single one of the reviews you leave, including this one from user Witty Boy and boy is spelled with B-O-I-I, so... You know, that's awesome. The review says, great stuff. Love the concept and really appreciate the time put in to help church audio techs. Thank you so much, Woody Boy, that really means a ton to us. Like we always say, if you're enjoying this podcast, then that means you probably know somebody else who would enjoy it too and maybe get something out of it. So thank you so much for taking the time to share this podcast. It's really a passion project of ours and we just wanna get it into the ears of as many people in the Live Sound community as we possibly can. So thank you so much to all of you out there listen to the podcast and especially those who share it it just really means a ton to us this podcast has become something uh so much bigger than we ever dreamed that it could be and now let's get into the episode Okay, guys, so for this part of the podcast, I've got my good friend and co-founder of Worship Sound Guy, Matt Borsick, on with us. And we're gonna do, hey, hey, we're gonna do a little like rapid fire round gear talk, kind of just like favorite gear, desert island gear, just just some good old gear talk um okay so let's i think the way we want to do this let's kind of let's go back and forth so i'll ask you a question matt and then you can ask me a question okay and we'll just you know whatever comes to mind first uh and we'll talk about it for just a minute of like why we're answering the way we're answering sweet okay first question no no pressure no wrong answers first question (laughs) yeah on the record forever (laughs) rapid fire round you've got one console to mix on for the rest of your life what do you pick
1: Oh, this is gonna make me sound like a terrible person, but <laughs> uh, Digico all the way. I'm, um, yeah. I'm a huge Digico fanboy. I, yeah, I mean for me, I, I think it's it's one of the only consoles that I've ever been on that I, I feel like. I haven't ever bumped up against the limits of what it can do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah. Like if feel like on a lot of other consoles, like there's obviously so many fantastic ones out there and, uh, but there's usually like, Oh, I can't, I can't do this on there. Like I can't mix groups into groups or some crazy thing that I do, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but Digico just always seems to have my back. So my other (laughs) little plug for Digico is I'm like the SD five was released in like, 2005, if I mm-hmm. remember right, that's when they were still doing the number was the, the year it was released and it's still being used for Super Bowls and majors. So I'm like, as far as technology's come in the last 15 years to have that be supported to the point where it's still like one of the leading consoles on the market. I'm like that that company has my vote. So
0: (laughs) dude, yeah, it's, it's held up like no other, I mean, even just like the way they've been able to update, like even like Destiny nine with like, you know, you got stealth core two and like all this stuff coming out. I'm like, what other time
1: can you buy a 48 channel console? And then five years later, it's like, Oh, surprise. It's a 64 channel console now or 96 or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. All right. What's your question for me? Um,
1: Let's go your, your, uh, what's your favorite mic at the moment? Favorite microphone. Oh
0: man. Okay. So uh, that's really tough. All right. I'm going to go with a vocal mic just because I think that that's probably like the most important mic in yeah. In your worship mix, uh, so I'm gonna go with the Sure KSM9. Um, I'm just a huge fanboy of that, and yeah. I we've been using them at our church for a number of years now, and all of our all of our wireless mics have got KSM9 capsules. Nice, and they just sound so good. Like I feel like I'm not like fighting against the. Like the EQ curve of the mic, like I might with say a 58 or like uh like a like a Beta 58 or Beta 87, mm-hmm. there's just like some inherent things I don't like about those. Like you can absolutely get a great vocal sound with, I mean, almost any mic. Yeah, but I feel like with the KSM9, there's something special there where it's like. You just they just sing into you're like oh that, that's basically what I want it to sound like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the other cool thing too is like it's got the you can switch between cardioid and hypercardioid pickup pattern yeah uh, which can make it like super focused. Um, it does sometimes get into situations where you pick up like like the singer will move their head out from in front of the mic and yep. you'll hear a lot from behind them like if there's a drum set behind or whatever, but. Uh, it really helps, like rejection of like off-axis noises and stuff like that. Uh, you know, just it cuts down stage noise a lot. Yeah, uh, coming through the vocal mic, so that's been cool. Um, all right, next question for you. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back. I'm gonna say, what is your favorite mic? But it can't be a vocal mic. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> um, see, this is again where I get.
1: You know, I'm trying to like not go with the easy answer, but. Yeah. I like, dude, just a good old SM57 I could put on. Yeah. I mean, I already do put it on so many things. Um. Obviously, like, I mean, we've had them for a long time. We had it on top and bottom snare, all the toms, yep. electric guitars, cajon. I mean, you just like, if I could only have one mic, I'm like, I feel like I could make that work and I could throw a sock over it if I needed a wind filter, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Like, um. And I know that's so like not not exciting, but I mean, I just love a good old 57. I'm always like, whenever, if we're like advancing, advancing a show and I'm not at home or like whatever, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm not the guy who's like super picky about the mics. I'm like, as long as you've got a ton of 57s and some other good, you know, razzle dazzle stuff around then I'm happy.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's amazing. That's yeah. That's probably mine too. Honestly. Like, yeah, if I could have, yeah, like, 57 or, or the SM seven B. I think that's like, man, you can yeah, put that man. on guitars, you can put it on snare top, like oh, whatever, yeah. whatever you got, you can sing into it. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, man. All right.
1: I guess it's back on me. <laughs> Let's say, what's a, uh, what's kind of your favorite go-to like mix trick or something different you're doing right now?
0: Oh, that's so good. Okay. Um, I've got a, I've got a few, I'm not going to Not going to spill all my secrets, (laughs) but (laughs) um, so I've been doing a lot of like parallel processing lately. Yeah. Uh, It's something that like so I, I kind of come a little bit more from a studio mixing background and that sounds like super common uh, for studio mixing. You'll have like, you know, maybe a drum group that uh, you know, is is normal and unaffected. And then you'll have like a parallel drum group with all, basically all the same stuff routed through it, but you'll like just compress the heck out of it or something. And it like adds a ton of punch and bigness to when you blend them together. Um, So I've been doing that a bunch. I, so one of the recent things I've been doing lately is actually doing like a parallel vocal group. Nice. Which, um, yeah, it's something I hadn't experimented with before because like I was always like pretty happy with my vocal sound and I didn't necessarily feel like I was lacking anything. But then I tried doing a parallel group where I'm basically, um, I've got the the Wave CLA-76 plugin uh, running on this parallel vocal group. And it's just, like, just smashing it a whole bunch. And, yeah. it like, it sounds, like, really crazy on its own, um, especially because after that I actually put, like, a little bit of, uh, like, there's a, a distortion plug-in that I use that puts a little, like, grit onto it. Nice. And, um, yeah, it when you mix it back in, it just makes the vocals sound humongous. Uh, so I feel like it's, awesome. it's, like, almost more of, like, a texture thing than, like... Um, you know, he like said, like I didn't feel like anything was lacking in my vocal tone, but it just like adds this extra texture to it that I think is really cool. That's awesome. So yeah, that's been that's been one for me. Yeah, parallel processing has been pretty fun. Uh, we we've got a YouTube video out right now that uh, covers parallel processing on bass guitar, which is another one of my favorites. That's kind of yeah. that and drums are kind of where I started with it, and then now I'm doing it on vocals, and doing some guitar vocals? stuff. Yeah, why not? Why it's not? Not long before you put it on the pastor. Dude, I might have to. I might have to. Um, okay, let's uh, actually, let's go with pastor. What uh, What kind of mic do you put on your pastor and how the heck do you get it to sound good? Yeah, man. So um, so that's
1: been the great thing. If there's any good thing about COVID is that I have not been having to feed a headset mic through a life PA. So. <laughs> Um, not going to lie, that's been a lot easier, but uh, yeah. if we go back to pre-COVID days, um, we were countrymen E6, yep. um, and we actually tried, so we were obviously on the on the Omni for a while, and we actually tried um, the cardioid one um, for a little while. We got one of those, and um, just to see if it would help, and it was, and the funny thing is, we it, while it's technically a little better at feedback rejection, um, I just really didn't care for some of the other artifacts that came with it. Like one of the things we kept running into yeah. is even with it, like uh, pretty, pretty tight on his face. You know, anytime if he would turn his head faster, you'd get like wind noise in it, even with the wind filter oh, on it wow. because it's okay. so like highly directional. It was just very sensitive. Right. And so yeah. just weird stuff like that, that we were like, you know, I think the Omni, it sounded better. It sounded more natural. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not doing anything, anything crazy to it. Um, I mean, uh, uh you know, where we use those, you know, we've just got an X32 and we've got a, a graphic inserted on it just to, you know, this uh-huh. is the non non waves world um, there. So we just, you know, notch out some of the some of the worst frequencies and then um, just do a lot of a lot of shaping with EQ and not a lot of compression, um, try to keep it yeah. pretty dynamic. Um, but then. Um, on the flip side of that, one of the other, um, larger churches that I I work with on a regular basis, we've gone the DPA route um, and those sound fantastic. And, you know, we've got, um, got waves world there. So typically, um, I don't remember the exact signal chain right now, but I know it's a, uh, we've got like the RDS are going on it, um, into, uh, an X feedback, um, that use just for some light ringing out, which that guy, if you remember the old school, like rack mount feedback destroyers like it's oh, basically yeah. sure a 21st do. century version of that and it's <laughs> awesome um, so I uh, run into one of those and then I think I've got a Q10 on it um, for just some some nice you know EQ and, and notching and whatnot and then, um, and then I think there's an F6 on the end um, I can't remember uh-huh. at the moment um, and then it's uh, on a Digico SD10 so I'm still using yeah. a bit of the the onboard compression and EQ for that
0: Yeah, dude um, the F6 yeah. has been a game changer like Dude, oh my real. gosh it's yeah, funny check that out go check it out
1: yeah seriously it took me a little while to like jump i think i've gotten so set on the c6 and knowing how to use it when the f6 first came out i was like eh, like i mean it's a great idea but i almost felt like it was too much control i was like i don't want to have to think that yeah. much and, but now that i've kind of <laughs> like warmed up to it and like i don't know i i love it because you can make it work just like a c6 obviously but yeah i'm um, just
0: having all of that in one tool was like
1: dang this yeah. is actually super helpful
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Being able to just like shape everything so precisely, I think is something that I kind of missed a little bit. Like, uh, in the C6. Like that's obviously I was using that for a long, long time. And then the F6 came along. Yeah, I was kind of the same. I was like, what is this? Just like another, another C6? Like, what is this? Yeah. Um, and then I was like, Oh, okay, I see, I see the appeal of this now. Another like
1: subtle Digico plug too. The other thing I read yeah. is I'm like, oh, this is just like the dynamic EQ that's already on board the Digico. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's basically the exact same thing. It's like a threshold-based yeah. parametric EQ.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's super close. Yeah, we're so we're on Avid at uh, my home church, so we do not have the luxury I'm sure you have the built-in dynamic eq <laughs> but yeah so the f6 is a, a welcome addition there nice all right what what you got for me let's see
1: um let's go um since we kind of started to dip into waves a little bit um yeah i guess it could be twofold either one what's your your desert island plugin, or <laughs> the, what's like your favorite one at the moment maybe a easier question
0: okay i actually i'll i'll answer both. Um, okay. Okay, so Desert Island plugin would hands down be the SSL e channel. Nice, um, that thing. Yeah, so versatile. You can you can do a lot with it, and like, it may not be one of those ones where it's like you know. Everything just sounds amazing running through, and like it definitely has some limitations, but it like it works good on everything. Like it's kind of it's it's like the SM fifty seven of Waves plugins. Like yeah. it's like all right, it's got a pretty good compressor, it's got a pretty good EQ, it's got filters on it, it's got you know input and output attenuation, uh, it's got a gate, it's got an expander, just kind of like everything all in one toolbox. Uh, and like for me, I I hate when I run into a situation where it's like I've got too many. Really specific tools, like that, are, you know, all doing yeah. like one little thing. I, I would rather like kind of get it all into one, like one tool that can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. It's so like that part of the reason why I like the F six. I'm like, okay, I can get like, you know, my essentially like multi band compression and some EQ going at the same time. It's all in one plugin. I don't have to like, you know, click open a bunch of different stuff. I can get to it fast. Um, so yeah, for me part, I I think that's really like the reason that it would be like my desert Island one would be just that it's super easy to use and it does a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but then one I'm really digging on at the moment, let's see about that. I, I love all of the uh, CLA-2A, CLA-76, their LA-3A. Those all sound yeah. amazing. That's that's kind of like the easy answer, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are all incredible. But um, gosh, yeah, I think, oh, man. Okay, one that I've really been liking It's kind of a little bit of a weirder one is actually the Renaissance Axe compressor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've used that, but that thing is so awesome. That's the, like, gold... Looking it, one right, yes. Uh, well, up until like waves version 11, yeah, they they redid the the GUI on it, so it looks a little different. I gotcha. Um, but yes, it's, yeah, it's that gold one. Um, and so yeah, it's like designed for guitars, and it just like, um, it honestly sounds pretty similar to the CLA 3A, which I also love on electric guitars and acoustic guitars, but oh, nice. yeah, it just like adds this really, um, like tight and like fat sounding compression to, it. I think, a lot of times, um, when people compress guitars, it actually ends up sounding thinner, which sometimes you might want that if like, you've got a boomy, you know, yeah. or muddy acoustic or electric. But if you've got a, like a source tone that you like, and then you add a bunch of compression to it, it kind of thins it out. So for me, the Renaissance acts for some reason, like keeps all like the fatness of the guitar and like, kind of hmm. just like shapes the tone in a way. that's really cool. Um, and then with that, let me see, oh my gosh, I forget the name of it. It's the one, um, it's the one that does the, like, subharmonic generator thing. Um, oh my gosh, is it the, you're not talking, like, the Sheps Omnichannel? No, oh, that one's so good, too. That one's super good. Man, I forget the name of it, um, I will look it up here in a minute and I will, <laughs> I will get back to us. Uh, <laughs> I'll look while you are answering this next question. All right. Uh, or actually, I, I want to hear your answer for that. What's like one that's like a waste plugin that's been like surprising you or that you've like rediscovered or yeah. something. Like, what's, what's like so, you
1: right now? I've been, so I, I've got two answers to this overall, the Shep's Omni channel, I was really late to the party on. And it was <laughs> one of those that I was like, why did I not? get on this sooner. Um yeah. I uh, you know talk about being like all in one type plugin. Um I I mean one it looks super cool. It's it's fun to use but um man even like you know they've got like the on the front end of it the like saturation on the on the like fake preamps and you can choose between like yeah. odd or even harmonics and um I mean the compression and everything on it sounds fantastic. Um so I've been it's been one of my go-tos for um for vocals actually.
0: Um, oh nice. And then okay.
1: the other one that I kind of rediscovered which is because now that we're kind of in like post production mixing mode, I could never use it live. Um yeah. but the the Greg Wells series. Um Oh my gosh, yeah. Dude for vocals his like vo- even the the two I've been using are the the vocals and the piano. Yeah. Um I think he's got like a pack of 3. It's like vocals, piano and then like a mix bus one. Um, but they're super simple, but like the vocal one basically it has a, like a big one knob kind of thing. That's like a mixture of harmonics and compression. And it's one yeah. of those like magic knobs. You don't really yeah. know what it's doing. <laughs> you just kind of turn it up until it sounds good. Um, but then it's got like a built in reverb delay and, um, a doubling effect. Um, oh, yeah. and, and man, like the verb that's in it is super great. And especially if um, like if you're trying to save like, and again, it doesn't, This way too, way too much latency to use it live. Um, but in a studio setting, if you're trying to cut down on like the number of plugins or you're, you know, maybe mixing down on like a MacBook air that like the church had or something like that, that you're yeah. making work right now it's like a one plugin that has verb and delay and all that built into it. And it sounds great. Honestly, it's like a real yeah. nice dark reverb. That's not going to like get in the way it, it like kind of disappears in the mix when stuff gets big. So I've been like throwing that on the end of my vocal chain. Um, and it's been, it's been really, really cool and actually made like, you know, not trying to get lazy with not, you know, creating actual verb buses and all this, but sometimes it's like exactly what it needs. Yeah. So yeah, those two for me are like living in my like vocal preset. Now the Sheps Omnichannel and the, and Greg Wells vocal.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um okay, full disclosure. I actually I have run the uh, the Greg Wells vocal channel live. And I've just been like, Nice. They'll just they'll just deal with the latency. Let's like just do- <laughs> they've got in ears. They won't notice that much if there's some lag. That's <laughs> Cause funny. Cause it, it, delay the it, band output by yeah, ten milliseconds. It, yeah, or exactly. So. Yeah, because it does it, it sounds so good. Oh my it gosh. sounds great. Yes. Um, okay. And so the plugin that I was thinking of, it actually it was Renaissance Bass. Um, oh, okay. Oh, I was yeah, getting yeah. Co- yeah. I was getting confused with Max Bass, which is like a totally different yeah. wave plugin um, that I'm not as big of a fan of. But yeah. So Renaissance Bass. That's the thing where you basically um, you it's it's only got a, a few controls on it uh, where you set the frequency that you're wanting to kind of like have your low end oomph happen at, and then yeah. you literally just Turn the intensity up, and it just like generates oh, more like yeah. sub harmonics down there. So you can like you can put it on a snare, and you set like you set the frequency to like like 180 or 200, and mm-hmm. turn up the intensity. And like all of a sudden, your snare just like is a cannon.
1: That's awesome. Uh,
0: See, so yeah, I love that thing, uh, especially like. You you don't get the benefit as much in like a live stream mix like we've been doing lately, so I've not been yeah. using it as much. But like live, when you really like feel the PA pushing, like that's oh, yeah. that's what really comes right. in. Does
1: anyone else miss subwoofers? Like man, I miss oh, them.
0: so much, <laughs> so much. Um, the other one that I was gonna shout out really quick that was I couldn't think of um, another absolute hidden gem is the Wave CLA base I don't know if have you missed oh, around with that. Yes, yes, dude, it's so good. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of their like signature series plugins from, uh, Chris Lord Alge, Who's yeah, mixed man. like muse and green day, and, like a bunch of other incredible bands. Pretty much everyone but, yeah, you've ever heard of. Pre- yeah. Pretty much like any rock <laughs> mix. We've been like, that sounds really good. Like it was probably Chris Lord Alge, So go look him up. Um, But yeah, it's got like, it's got some like distortion stuff to it. It's got like some, uh, some like widening stuff. It has like subharmonic synthesis and then it's got like just like a two band EQ of like, like kind of top and bottom EQ that lets you like just fatten stuff up. Yeah. That thing sounds unreal. That's awesome. Okay. You want to do like maybe one more question each? Yeah, that's great.
1: All right. What you got? Uh, let's see. Trying to think of a, of a good one. Okay, let's let's go uh let's go a different direction with this one. Um yeah. and this may not be a, a dry answer, but let's okay. say um amp and mic combo versus Kemper.
0: Oh man. Okay, this is I'm I just feel like gonna no matter what there. I say, whatever <laughs> I say is going to be controversial. I know. Um okay, so especially like for me as a guitar player, um I I have always had really high standards about like what I look for in a guitar tone. I think, especially like with worship music, there's, there's like a a pretty good, like, you know, gearhead culture out there with guitarists. Like maybe sometimes too much, but like everybody's chasing really, really good tone. So like, you know, you're not going to like show up with your boss metal zone and like (laughs) be, be a cool worship guitar player. Um, But that said, I, so I, I have a bunch of amps, I also have a Kemper, which I have profiled those amps with. And, like, that's been a really cool process, too. Um, Actually, yeah, some of those will hopefully be uh, released for sale soon at worshipsongguy.com. Nice. But, yeah, so I'm, like, I'm super picky about Guitar tone, And I think, um, man, my thing with the Kemper is I think it can sound incredible. And there are, like, more and more good-sounding profiles out there uh, they are, like, starting to come out. I think initially... Um, I I heard it with like a few touring guitarists live, and I I wasn't like super impressed by it. like I, you know I could see it up there on stage and like mm-hmm. hearing the guitar tone. I was like, oh, this doesn't like actually sound that good. Um, but what I discovered about the Kemper after I got one was that like you basically have unlimited potential for either good or evil with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you can you can make it sound like as good or as bad as you can possibly imagine. Um, so like, you know, so much of it comes down to like engineering skill. And so like Mm -hmm. for me, um, as I've been making these profiles, like, you know, it's so important to get the mic placement, right. It's so important to pick the right mic for the right amp. Um, and then like the other thing that I'll do with it also is I'll actually run it through, um, a couple of different, like, uh, analog pieces of, of gear, like, like a preamp, uh, any analog EQ, analog compression, Nice. um, because like that's kind of the tone that I would like look for and like the front end that I would have on my signal chain if I was recording it in the studio. So like, yeah, I, I get like pretty, pretty granular with my Kemper stuff. I'm like really nerd out on it. Nice. Um, but I think you like, you can definitely make the Kemper sound just as good as a real mic and amp. So then that brings us to mics and amps, which I think can also sound greatly. Obviously that's kind of like, you know, with modeling, like that's the tone that we're all yeah. aspiring to is like to sound like a real amp. It's true. Um, so obviously when you actually have a real amp, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're one leg ahead right, right, there, right there. Just by yeah. Ha- yeah. Just by having the real amp. Um, so then a lot of it comes down to, like we talked about engineering skill and you know, if you, if you take the time to really set it up, right, you know, get it in, uh, for church environments, like a good, isolated place that you know is a properly built like acoustically treated isolation area not just like in a closet somewhere like I mean like let's put it this way I would take a Kemper every single day over like an amp in a back closet somewhere yeah Uh, like I think there's just there's no way you're gonna get it sounding as good as what you might get from like like one of my profiles or whatever yeah like with a poorly mic'd poorly placed amp but that said I think that like there's just something about a real amp. They're like, when it's done right, it sounds incredible. That's true. Um, So I, you know, I just, yeah, I'm one of those, like I see the, you know, the desire for both and like the benefits of both. I think for me as a engineer, especially in live environments, I'm really psyched when someone brings in a Kemper because I... I can bet they're probably going to have pretty good tone, and it's going to be consistent. It's not going to be like, you know, oh, I brought you know this amp one week, and uh, I set it up differently this time, and yeah. you know, compared to last <laughs> time, you know, there are just so Different many variables. Yeah, there's so many variables with the live amp uh, that I think you just kind of bypass that with the Kemper. So, nice. yeah, that's my really long answer of saying know, I like it, both. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've actually got a friend who he's his
1: stereo setup is actually a Kemper on one side and a live amp on the other. And it sounds oh nice. Well,
0: there you go. That's yeah. That's the best of both worlds. Right. right? There.
1: <laughs> and then as the mix engineer, you can just pick which one you like and pretend the other one's yeah. not there. So yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, it all sounded great. Just, you know, with like one side turned down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. My question for you is going to be, what is your favorite? favorite instrument to mix and why like what is it like when you just dial it in what are you just super psyched when it sounds awesome
1: that's so hard man (laughs) uh tracks no i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) (laughs) get out of here yeah no uh i'm trying to think i think it the funny thing is it kind of depends like you know if if all i've got is like an X32 and like nothing else, it might affect my favorite instrument to mix versus when yeah. I'm like on an SD 10 with a waves package. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I really enjoy mixing vocals. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I think especially because like you, you kind of have to be very nuanced with them. And yeah. um, I mean, I love doing things like, uh, like you, I think you mentioned at one point, you know, even tucking in a little distortion on vocals or yeah. um, even like vocal effects. Like, I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole, but I love trying to get those effects to sit just right. Um, like I, I, you know, when the nice thing is like, especially in nicer setups when um, you know, the band is incredible. And like, I remember um, last year I I did a small, um, a small run with a, with a band um, that's more of like a pop um, pop group, and so it's basically yeah. a live drum set uh, keys and then tracks and vocals. So it was like drums yeah. are literally the only acoustic instrument on stage. Um, mm-hmm. and so got those sounding good keys. Um, the, 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 keys guy was an incredible producer. And so, I mean, his sounds, I mean, it's just like, don't touch them, you know, yeah. they sound awesome. <laughs> so it left like so much time for me to just work on vocals. And, mm-hmm. um, the, it was a, as a male and a female lead. Um, and so they, they were like, Hey, just, you know, we want to sound as close to the record live as we can. So, you know, yeah, Tune them up to you know whatever you want to do, um, yeah. so it was really fun to be able to like listen to their records and then go back and try to recreate some of those effects live or even you know, tweak them a little bit to, to work in a live setting better. So stuff like, you know, distortion for some of the, the like grittier, more upbeat songs. And then just some nice like ballad female vocal effects with like multiple delays going and, Mm -hmm. um, and especially like kind of the, the like hyped, you know, produced vocal sound, like trying to find a way to get that live where it's nice and bright and clear without screaming back at you. And like, (laughs) obviously vocals are a challenge and, you know, but, but man, I really do enjoy enjoy mixing them.
0: Not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, to me it's like yeah, they're definitely one of the hardest and most fun, like most rewarding for sure. Yeah, like when you get it right, yeah. man, it's
1: just like, dude, they're they're fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, yeah. Drums are that way too. Just like, cause there's so many different ways you can go with drums. Like I think, um, if you checked out our, our drums masterclass course at drumsmasterclass.com, you'll kind of see a little bit of behind the scenes of that. But like, you can just, you can make them sound so many different, awesome ways. Yeah. Uh, there's not like, you know, just one right way to do it. It just like, you know, it depends like what you're going for, like what the vibe is, like exactly. how you tune it, how you mic it, how you process it. And there's just like, there's so much flexibility there that it's really fun to experiment with. So I think that's, that's definitely one for me. It's awesome. Cool. Nice. Okay. Man. Last, last question before you go, this is something I okay. want to do with like all our guests. Okay. Um, and I'll answer this as well. What is your least favorite part of your job? And it can be, it can be anything like you <laughs> be, be scheduling people on planning center, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. What's your least favorite part of
1: the job? Oh man, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I gotta think on that for a second.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll go. I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, For me, my least favorite part, actually, I've I've got two. I've got two. So my my first one is actually what I mentioned. It's scheduling people on Planning (laughs) Center. Uh, That's so I'm I'm the tech director of my church, so I schedule my entire tech team. And gosh, you know, you get that like Saturday night cancellation. It's like, what the heck, guys? Like, why? Why did you not know you were going on a seven day like vacation to Europe before now? Like, what (laughs) what is happening? Um, and then you get know, to, like, desperately call somebody, like, hey, can you please fill in tomorrow? Like, don't you, like, want to wake up at five in the morning and be at church, like, right. super early?
1: <laughs> I know you're already in bed sleeping, but.
0: Yes. Um, and then my other, my other least favorite part of the job is bad vocal mic techniques. Like, when a singer <laughs> will just, like, grab the mic by the capsule, and, like, sing into it, and then be like, it sounds really bad in my ears. Like I don't know why. I'm like I know exactly why. It's because you're like grabbing the top of the mic. <laughs> so okay, that, those
1: are mine. That's funny. So it's almost like what a, you got, like your biggest pet peeve almost. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So most, I would most say frustrating. Yeah.
1: the The first thing that comes to mind is when any any sort of communicator hops on stage, and uh and starts smacking the mic to see if it's on. <laughs> oh
0: no! It, you
1: know it's like or oh. like. You know, sometimes it'll, you know, if you're, if you're on the console, you're, you're watching them come up and you know, you typically, at least for me, like, unless you've got it, you know, dialed in right at zero, you typically start a bit softer if you don't know how yeah. they're going to come out the gate and then you push it up. Yeah. And so it cracks me up when people don't hear themselves that very first like breath that they <laughs> take in the microphone. And then, yeah. uh, is this on? Da, 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 you know? <laughs> and it's like, yep, definitely is. And now everyone's yep. like aware that <laughs> you didn't hear it, you know? Yeah. That's like my biggest, I'm like, just. Trust me. Give me a second. You know. Yes. Yeah. But I also get from a speaker's perspective when the mic is not on. That's the most irritating thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. So I'm like, the, Make yeah, sure the, it's
1: on. But trust me. <laughs> yeah.
0: The one that that reminded me of uh, for me is when they get on stage. and They don't like immediately hear themselves. And mm-hmm. and it's you know it's because uh, you know I started them you know five seventy b lower than I might. Yeah optimally have them at but like they you know they don't hear themselves immediately and then they switch off their mic or their pack because they think <laughs> yeah. they're like like they think they had it off and they think they're turning it on but they're actually turning oh, it gosh. off. And then you're like trying to wave and like it was already on. Like <laughs> it was locked on and then you changed it <laughs> and oh now you gosh. turn it off you have to turn it back on. Yeah.
1: But power That's, lock is your best friend.
0: Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. If you're not using power lock, I don't know I don't turn know what you do with your life. Yep. Um, okay and then we'll end on a positive note what is your favorite part of your job or like most rewarding part of your job
1: Yeah Dude I love like I think part of the reason I opted overall for for live audio and yeah. production versus uh studio for me is I love um seeing like a service all the all the pieces come together
0: whether it's mm-hmm. like
1: you know just a, a week and nailed the mix and worship or like the service um, it's just super impactful or whatnot, but seeing yeah. people collectively come together and have that experience together. I mean, it's like going to yeah. a, going to a concert and it's just all these you know people in a room who you know, don't know each other. Don't, but in a shared ex- inspiring experience, like mm-hmm. I love being a part of creating that. it's like the most satisfying thing to me.
0: Yeah, dude, my answer would be exactly the same thing. I think it's, I mean, that's probably what we're all in this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah, creating that, that, communal moment where we all get to come together and worship and uh yeah there's, man, there's something so special about that And i love being a part of being able to create that for sure well man thank you so much it's been super fun um Dude, thank you yeah absolutely hopefully all you listeners enjoyed this um don't forget you can go on the worship sound guy students facebook group and submit your own questions we'll answer them here on the podcast and uh we'll see you next time And that is our episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening in. It's been super fun having this discussion with you. Next week, we'll have a very special guest on, so do not miss that. I promise it's going to be an episode to remember. Uh, In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe, uh, especially if you're on iTunes, that really helps us out. And until next week, crank that bass.